I'm doing my segment with no clothes on today. Shut your yap, DT. No scars on that Joe. City experts. No one listens. Hello and welcome. We are back. It is the Baller Lifestyle Podcast from theballerlifestyle.com. I am once again your host, Brian Beckner. Thank you very much for joining the program for episode 114. As always, I give you the ways you can reach out, become a friend, let us know what you think. You can email us. Email The email address is mailbag at theballerlifestyle.com. You can also send us a voicemail. I believe there we have some voicemail to get to this week. We always want to hear from you if you can be brief and not try to be funny. 949-464-TBLS is the voicemail number. And as always, I implore you, like our Facebook page, The Baller Lifestyle Podcast on Facebook. That is where you will see us reacting to the topics that you hear discussed on the show. There's ju- there's just more happening than the one hour a week, the tight hour. I like to give you guys a tight hour. The tight hour that we give you every week. So be our friend there, The Baller Lifestyle Podcast on Facebook. That's the way you can get to be sort of in bed with us a little bit closer. And as always, I tell you, Subscribe to the show on iTunes. That way you get it every single week right there. You don't have to think about going and getting it. You just have it. Joining me now, as always, co-host of the program, program, Hoboken's own, New Jersey's finest, Ed Daly. Ed, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well. Uh, Being a religious, stern listener for... About a quarter century. I'm very excited for tonight's guest. It is pretty exciting. Yeah, I haven't I haven't allowed that. We're we're doing something a little bit different. We have a very special guest today. Um, before I get to him, let's introduce another special guest. Someone that's only here normally for a portion of the program. We're going to bring her in for the entire show today. Of course, I'm talking about our very own baller lifestyle pop culture correspondent. Fancy sauce. How you doing, Fancy? I'm good. I'm sharing a microphone with you. Kate, Kate and I are doing. So our faces are very close. Kate and right I now. are doing. We're doing the show. Um, Bruce Springsteen close. and Little Steven style. <laughs> and considering that we're both taller than those guys, it it works out for us. Thanks for letting the girl come on the whole show. That's right. Yes, we don't. We, no <laughs> microaggression here. And special guest this week joining us. You you may know him from Twitter. You for sure know him from his millions of hilarious parody songs on the Howard Stern show, plus a great many other places. Of course, I'm talking about the great Eli Braden, who graces us with his presence. How you doing, Eli? What's up? I'm doing great, thank you. Thank you very much for joining the program. I I very much appreciate having you on the show. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. You're a big get for us. Um, Question... Let's get started. Before we get into the, you're going to sit in and join us for the entirety of the show. Let's get a little bit of your background. Of course, a lot of people know you from Twitter. Probably even more people know you from the Stern show. Give us your background. Like, where'd you grow up? Well, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a great story. I'll tell you what. I, uh, I actually, I grew up in Southern Illinois. Farm towns. Whenever you say Illinois, people say people think, "Oh, Chicago." You grew up near Chicago. No, it's like this is more like Kentucky. 
So like yeah, small you, towns, you, like the, you're, up. you're from like the more St. Louis part of Illinois. St. Louis area. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Where, where, where Wilco's from. That's right. I actually was born in the same town as, as uh, in Belleville, which is where Wilco's from. But uh, yeah, Jeff Tweedy. Oh, that's yeah. Cool. Did you, did you, did your dad cool. work for the railroad? Uh, he may have. <laughs> uh, good, good question. Okay. So gr- you grow up in Southern Illinois. Give, give, give us, what was that like? Um, I mean, it's pretty uneventful. There's not a lot going on down there. Um, you know, uh, it's, you know, I was, I basically got out as quick as I could and moved to California when I was 18 and, uh, moved to San Francisco and originally was like a big music guy. Like I wanted to be a musician and, um, I was lucky enough to have a lot of success really quickly. Like in terms of, I started a band and we got a record deal when I was, I think about 19, we got a record deal, which was kind of crazy. That's crazy. Um, and I just basically, you know, it, it failed. It was, it was a failed record deal, but, uh, I just, I basically did music for a long time and, um, you know, try, you know, for maybe 10, 12 years. And at some point I lived in San Francisco for most of that time. I eventually was like, if I'm ever going to do anything with my um, career, I need to move to LA. I kind of got like too old to try to do the rock star thing. And I'm like, you know, I should move to LA and do the, you know, more composing songs. Cause I'd always been like more of a songwriter type, you know, composing songs for, you know, whatever movies, commercials, writing for other people. Right. And then I moved to LA and I, I honestly, I've been down here about seven or eight years. I don't really know at what point it turned, but at some point I'm just like, I should start doing comedy music instead of real music. And so I started performing comedy music kind of, it didn't really like blow up or anything, but it was really fun for me. And it kind of did catch more than the serious music I'd been doing. And it was just more fun. And so I was like, kind of threw myself into comedy full fledged and eventually realized if I'm going to make a living doing it, I need to, you know, learn to write too. So that's kind of what I've been focusing on is learning to write comedy. I still perform. And then with the Stern thing, like I'd always been a huge Stern fan. And at some point I just thought like, Hey, I should send in some songs for fun. And I started sending in songs and they started playing them and it was, like, it just kind of really took off. So what was, what was it like yep. when, when Stern played I mean, Ed? Well, I was, was going to say to Go back ahead. up before Stern, I'm always curious when you said you got a record deal right away, 18, 19, like what, what's the process? You're just performing in bars and then all of a sudden somebody approaches you. Like how does, how does that even, what go? happened in that particular case? I mean, getting a record deal at that very young age was, um, I had a band in Illinois um, called The Beggars, and we uh, we opened for this band called The Call. And this is like the late, this is like early nineties. And um, The Call were they like from Ireland? I, 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 they sound like vague- they from Ireland, don't they? They were actually from San Francisco. I vaguely remember that band. They okay, had a couple continue. Big hits at the time, yeah. like a couple big like kind of alternative hits. And anyway, the lead singer from that band was just like sort of getting ready to transition out of performing and doing more producing and working with young artists. And uh, he basically was like, he said to me and the guitarist, he's like, you guys are really good. Your band isn't great, but you're, you guys are good. If you <laughs> do this, you should move out here and we can put some shit together. And so we were like, cool, let's do it. What else we got going on? So we moved to California and kind of hooked up with him. And um, <clears throat> yeah, within like a year, we, <laughs> we put together some songs with him, recorded them. And he kind of like used his, you know, voodoo music business magic to rustle us up a record deal. And um, that kind of fell apart, but that band that I started with them, like I quit it when the record deal fell apart because frankly, it wasn't really working on a personal level for me either. But those guys ended up starting another band called uh, Black Rebel Motorcycle Club, which you may or may not have heard of. Uh, yeah, that's a, have some success. That's a good band. Oh, uh, that's a really cool band. Yeah. So you were, you, you were base, you basically were in your, the guys that were in your band 
became Black Rebel Motorcycle yes, Club. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Wow. And very, frankly, very, frankly, one of the songs of their first album, you know, I never made a big deal of it. I was one of my songs. They kind of like took it and ripped it off. And they stole your song. They stole my song. I'm not, it's not a big deal. The life, you know, right. life's too short. It's um, true. You can't wallow. It, otherwise, I would have sued them. <laughs> now, now, to bring it back to the Stern thing, uh, for, right. for those who haven't listened, I mean, Eli is like the gold standard. People send in songs all the time. Oh. But when they Thank introduce you. Robin's News, especially, and Eli will take a song and it will be about Robin. And I, I got to say, my personal favorite, uh, so obscure, he did to the tune of Rock Me Amadeus. He did Robin's anus. Robin's yes. anus, Robin's anus. They're very simple too. There's not much <laughs> yeah. going but on there. Pretty They're... much perfect. That's music perfection to me. <laughs> the, well, the, I... the premise of the, the, I mean, for people who don't listen to the Stern Show, the premise of it is, I, I don't know. I don't know when it started exactly. It wasn't an, a Stern Show thing when I first started listening, but at some point, people started sending in songs about having sex with Robin Quivers, who's Howard's co-host. They started sending in songs, really, really graphic parody songs, and. Um, you know, songs par- songs that are parodies of common songs with the lyrics changed to be about various sex acts with her. And uh, it's it's just gotten completely <laughs> crazy. But often it, often it's it, great. Was, it was guys like singing on top of the radio kind of thing, yes. like really terrible Very music right. quality. And you were actually performing like there, you know, there's only a couple people who actually sound like they're actually playing real music. And well, that, so yeah, Eli I, stood out quickly. Well, Thank you. I to be fair though, like some of those those stuff where it's the guys just singing over the radio. I find a lot of that stuff very funny too. Guys who are just terrible singers, you know. I mean, yeah. that's really funny. I mean, to, as you know, with my musical background, like I did try to like, you know, make it like do do something a little different from that. I I agree with you, Eli. the The funniest ones to me are the guys like you that have the fucking solid chops that are fucking songwriters that are that can make an amazing parody song and then the second funniest ones are the guys that have no chops whatsoever that are just singing over the radio that just just sound fucking stupid i guess the in-between is where it's terrible right yeah yeah if you're just okay like just don't even start but he he does like yeah beatles like big boobs for hey jude like some some really just top-notch stuff i did did there was a couple summers ago i did um I did, uh, I can't remember what was going on, but I had nothing going on and I was unemployed for like two weeks. And I basically did, over the course of two weeks, I did like 30 Beatles songs, 30 Beatles parodies <laughs> and sent them all in. And they still get, they still, they still get played, you know, from time to time. They that, cycle through them. that is an incredible talent though. Just to, just to be, just even uh-huh. to be able to do one, m- much less 30 in two weeks is, it's incredible well, to, be honest, to think I of. Karaoke tracks. So I don't actually have to record the music. I just, right. But you have to, you have to write the lyrics yeah. and they have to be funny. Mm-hmm. And, and then you have to, you, Perform, perform them and make them sound good, which is amazing. What was what was the first song you got played on Stern, and what did it feel like when you heard yourself on Stern for the first time? Well, the first one was Tina Turner's um, "You're Simply the Best." I just did big <laughs> yeah. tits on her chest. Yes, and um, <laughs> I, I honestly, I, I'm, it, I'm I'm it was I, ha, I was such a fan of the show. This was like about five years ago. The first one I got played, um, 2011. I was such a fan of the show going back to like the late nineties. And like my introduction to Stern was I'd always heard growing up, you know, I was, I'd always been pretty liberal, you know, and I kind of grew up, you know, when I was young was kind of that time of the first big PC wave. And I was, you know, I was probably pretty PC young adult. And I just remember always hearing what a monster Stern was, is like this, like, he's the worst man. He, he's sexist and he's racist. 
And then I, this like one day I was just driving around in San Francisco and I just heard this show on the radio. I was like, this is the, I can't remember what it was. I just remember thinking like, this is the greatest thing I've ever heard on the radio. What the hell is this? And then they went to the commercial and the bumper was the Howard Stern show. I'm like, Oh my God, I've been so wrong about this guy. This guy's a genius. And I just became an obsessed fan, you know, and, and was for years. Same here. I, we didn't grow up, you know, I'm from Southern California and we didn't grow up with Stern. He came, I was in it was high, like high school. Yeah, I was in high school. I think it was like maybe around 1990 or so he came to LA and it was like such a big deal. There were so many billboards and he was like this scary guy. And, and I felt like, oh, it's not going to be my kind of thing. Like I'm not into this over the top bullshit. And then I list, then he came on the radio and I remember immediately I started setting my alarm to his show. Like within a day of hearing him, I remember setting my alarm to wake me up for high school so I could hear Stern. And then I would listen to it. Then I had a Walkman. And I I remember I just had a Walkman that played tapes and I would walk to school, ride my bike to school and I would listen to tapes. And immediately I needed to get one that I could tune the radio in so that I could hear Stern while I was on my way to school. It was, it was such a sea change for me as a kid. And I think for a lot of people just, you know, right, it was, you it's so different. Morning zoo bullshit. Totally. To that. Yeah. Like uh, something actually worth listening to. It's crazy. It's yeah, so well to me yeah. what's so amazing about him too is the show is still fucking awesome. Like it's, yeah. it's definitely changed in some ways. I, I think there's people that like the old show better. I mean there was elements of the of the sh- way the show used to be that frankly I just it's not that I was offended it's just I didn't have as much interest in it like the strippers and stuff. Totally. You know like bringing in strippers and throwing baloney at him. I mean that's not I wasn't offended it's just it didn't interest me as much. He's kind of like that stuff's gone now and you got people who are like hey man he sold out he doesn't do that kind of shit anymore. It's like no, just that's right. Shit was kind People of people are allowed to evolve. Has he toned it down in other ways, though? Um, okay. I don't think he's toned it down in other ways necessarily. I mean, I think yeah, the, the celebrity bashing may he's a little bit more hesitant to. I mean, there, I remember the show used to be at least half of the news was just them playing sound bites from uh, these press junkets, these inane yes. press junkets oh, that right. actors would do for movies. And just ripping on them, yeah, so hardcore. And I think you know, I think Howard's, you know, he's become more of a he's an establishment person. I don't, I don't, and yeah. I don't think he's going to rip on people. Maybe he's grown out of doing that too. I mean, people yeah, do evolve, like you yeah. said. Ed. Well, now he can get him on the show. That, that, still, that, but he still does it to the the Smith Pinkett family. He like, does yeah, it that's to a good. lot of people. He does it to um to Leonardo DiCaprio recently. I think I think the whole oh, thing so- about Leonardo DiCaprio being a you know Oscar winning multi-millionaire who's like banging tons and tons of chicks on his yacht but getting away with it because he's an environmentalist like i think that really mm-hmm. rubs howard the wrong yes. way and he rips on him hardcore well that's okay. funny you know howard has always been super jealous of guys that gets ton- get tons of pussy yeah. like that is always because he's never been that guy you know he had his run after he got divorced but he he's this nerd he's this gawky guy and all these like super good looking guys have always sort of been his targets. So I get that. Yeah, now, me too. I totally relate to that. Yeah, me too. Now, Eli, uh, you know, we're, we're, uh, sort of heterosexual here, but when it comes to Ryan Philippi, uh, I think we all can agree that he's pretty much the most handsome person. He's there. pretty Absolutely. dreamy. Yeah. And I would love to know, uh, Eli, for those who don't know, Eli performed on Stern's big birthday show uh, a year or two ago. Yeah, was it, right. was it his Howard's 60th birthday? 60th birthday, yeah. 2014. Yeah, about two That's years ago. Right. Okay. And so, and then cool. Philippi strip teased for Robin while Eli played. And I, I would like to know, like, how did you get the invite? Like, how did, how did that whole thing, how did you hook up with, with Philippi? Like, how does that all 
And and before before you answer, Eli, let me set the stage for people that aren't Stern fans. Uh, David Bowie has played Stern's birthday. Yes. uh, Stone Temple Pilots. Like this, this, Howard Stern's birthday is a massive, massive celebration in New York City. But the 60th was probably two or three times bigger than any. Absolutely. Like the first time they'd done it in several years. Like I don't think he'd done it since his 50th or something like that. Yeah. It it, it was a big, big deal. And it was, yeah, his 60th birthday. And there you were on stage serenading him and Robin and Philippi comes out. (laughs) So dreamy. It's a, it's a pretty great story. What happened was um, Ryan is a huge, huge Stern fan. And, um, one day, you know, prior to that, like he'd like just contacted me on Twitter out of the blue and was like, Hey, what's up, man? You, you want to come over and hang out? I'm like, yeah, I'll come over and hang out. So, um, it was awesome. He invited me over to his house and we just, I went over there. We just hung out. We talked about Stern. We talked about a lot of other things. He, uh, he's got like a giant, you know, framed photo of Beetlejuice in his house, you know, like he's oh my God. Stern. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, um, anyway, you know, we just got to know each other a little bit and then they invited me to perform at the birthday bash and they were like, pick out a song you want to do. And I had done one of my favorites I ever did was a um, parody of walk this way by Aerosmith. And um, it was called semen spray. And, uh, <laughs> so good. So, they were, so good. This one they were like, yeah, sure. You should do this one. And then I was like, well, listen, I have an idea actually, you know, walk this way is an Aerosmith song, but it was also, you know, covered by run DMC and they did like a rap version of it. Now Ryan's a big rap fan. So I have an I have an idea, you know. I was like Ryan Ryan Phillippe's a friend of mine. What about if he comes out with me and we dress up as Run DMC? You know, we get the Adidas sweatsuits, the hats, the Adidas, and we come out and we do it together. And they were like, "Dude, that's the greatest idea." So now, I, who uh, do you approach for that? You approach Gary or I who? who? Bob Louie, Gary Delabate for that. And he was like, "That's a great idea," and um, he's like, "Go for it." So I contacted Ryan. I'm like, "Ryan, do you want to?" And I was assuming because every celebrity in the in the world was going to this. That was a Stern fan. I was kind of around like. Did um? Do you want to do this? And he's like, he's like, well, I would love to, but they, I haven't been invited to this party yet. And it was like this huge deal to get an invitation. So I was like, fuck. And so I contacted Gary. He's like, is like Ryan hasn't got an invitation yet. And then he, <laughs> Gary, <was> like, <laughs> that's so good. We meant, to, we meant to invite him. I don't know how we got the the. In, I don't know how that happened. So within 15 seconds, all of a sudden Ryan's invited. So it's like it's on. It's happening. And next thing I know, like three days before, maybe it was even like two days before. I get a call and they're like, okay, um, Steven Tyler is performing Walk This Way is the finale. Ugh. You've got to pick a different song. I'm like, shit, oh no. Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, was amazing. Steven Tyler doing Walk This Way with Slash and Dave Grohl. But um, anyway, they uh, we finally went through and I did it. There was a song I had done to the Who My Generation called Robin's Vegication. Not all about her masturbating with vegetables. Right. Not one of my favorites, but <laughs> okay. And they were oh. like, but still really want Ryan to perform with you. And I'm like, but what's he going to do? You know, we kind of, the kills the run DMC idea. And they said, well, just have him do backing vocals. Cause you know, it's like, da 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 talking about Robin's Vegication. I'm like, okay, yeah. Ryan's not a singer. I'm sure he'd be happy to do it though. And honestly, I didn't know Ryan well enough to suggest this, but I was kind of thinking hot bod, willing to do anything. It would be so cool if Ryan would strip <laughs> Robin, but I didn't want to say anything to him. Such a genius <laughs> idea. And I mean, I, the first yeah. time I talked to him, I'd be like, Hey, is there any way we can get your shirt off? Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> can you give no, me a lap dance? I'm, I'm, I'm hetero, but you know, <laughs> right. I wouldn't mind seeing that guy shirtless. He's gorgeous. <laughs> that's for when sure. When I went to his house, he literally was like 
pumping iron like while we were talking. Like he's that dude. Stop it. Jack. Shut up. You like walk in and he's like doing curls. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God. He's a great guy too. I mean, he really is just a down to earth, cool dude. I love it. He's a great interview on Stern. Very much, very much so. Like on the Stern show, he is just a re- He's like from Philly. He's a regular dude, despite yeah. all that handsomeness. Yeah, right. he's smart too. Which you know, if you're smart, you, that goes a long way in my book. You know, when somebody's obviously smart, it's like you can be handsome. I'll allow you to be handsome. Oh um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's it's double jeopardy. Uh, okay, we'll we'll, but so we'll anyway, make. Sh- he didn't show yes. up for rehearsal. You know, he, he wasn't required to. But like, we're backstage. This is literally five minutes before we go out on stage, and he's like, "Listen, man, I don't even want to sing." He's like, "How about if I just do a striptease for Robin?" Like he suggested. I'm like, "Dude, I can't believe you said that. That's exactly what I was thinking." So we didn't. The guy knows his them. strengths. We didn't know. We, we didn't know, right? I know exactly. We didn't tell them we were going to do it. He didn't. No one knew. It was completely blind. They were completely blindsided. Like I start performing and Ryan just like left his mic backstage and just comes out and starts streaming for her. And it was, uh, it was fun. It was great. It's, it's so good for people that haven't seen the video. We'll post it on our fake Facebook oh, cool, page. Cool. It's on YouTube. It's, it's super genius. It's so funny. And it had to just be such a thrill for you, Eli. Uh, just, it, it really is a transcendent moment in media. And uh, the, the, you, the, the best, the, honestly, the, one of the even better parts of that, I mean, it was insane. It was such a blur, but like earlier the, in the day when we were doing rehearsal, John Fogarty performed right before us and John oh Fogarty was sitting there. You know, he just finished his sound check. He's sitting there in the audience in the front row in an empty theater with his wife and like two young kids. <laughs> and like, we're, we're rehearsing these like totally vulgar songs in front of his kids with and, his children. Oh my God. You know, they're like seven and eight. You know, <laughs> I like I like that John Fogarty is like my grandparents age and he has kids the same age as me. I know. Like, good for him. <laughs> <laughs> Outstanding. Okay, Eli, stoked to have you here. We're 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 gonna m- move on to the regular areas of the show. Okay. We want you to hang out, do the show with us. You're you're a fantastic guest. We oh. love having you here. So, uh, and we're gonna start with a few emails. Uh, first email of the week. Hey, y'all. In last week's episode, the one where we could barely hear the best voice on the show, Kate's, Ed said his Yes. Ed said <laughs> that his wife loves the show The Voice. That made me think think about some things that Ed and I have in common in our lives. One, both of our wives are named Michelle, are Jewish, and love the show The Voice. While obviously we don't watch one second of it. Ed, have you made it known that your wife is jewish on the show is this this guy creeping on you what's going on (laughs) yeah we we seem to have taken an ugly turn right now i don't i mean i don't recall you ever having mentioned that but uh it must have been it must have come up at one point two ed and i are in our 40s that's right and we're raised catholic and three ed is a hundred percent right gawker had no right to post the hulk hogan sex tape that was total bullshit however a big difference is that my wife would never give me a pass to fuck a whore in the Netherlands or any land. That's from our boy Ish. Eli, something that's happened on this show is our, our dear friend Ed, he has occasionally been given the pass by the wife to one time go to a, a Thai 
hand job joint where he was yeah. not able to transact a hand job in Thailand. In Thailand, and then another time he was in the Netherlands in in Amsterdam, and he was allowed a, a pass well, to get a hooker I, I there. Should, I should explain Amsterdam. Yeah, I'm what it was a Sunday morning. We're walking through the red light district, and I'm holding the hands of my seven and five year old. That's right. Son. And my wife's like, hey, if you want me to take the kids and, you know, some some sort of uh, hand job situation, uh, go ahead. And I was like, well, this is this is not this is the least sexual situation I think I've ever been in. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to pass. Uh, so that's what they're getting at. Like, no, I did not transact. <laughs> you didn't you didn't so, transact either. In neither case, you, you there was no transaction. Like in one, you, you tried to negotiate the hand job with the with one the time. Board. You know what? The Thai and English language are—they're not so compatible. And so one time I just screwed up on the transaction. I mean, the place only sells—it's a Jack Shack, Ed. Like I feel like they get a lot of people in I there know, from all parts of the world. That they, you could just do the hand motion. That was pre-kids, but I was actually holding my kids' hands when I gave them, got the green light in Amsterdam, and that just was not going to happen. Uh, Maybe that was like some mental game shit on her part. Like she's like, "Yeah, right, right. yes, You're right." Yeah. We'll see what you do here. Yeah. Totally. Well, I, women are smart like that. No. At uh, the same time, I feel like I mean that's pretty cool that she that she was she said that, you know? I mean, totally. no, she's, she's huh. definitely she's definitely cool for doing it. I'm just saying that was that was just not not the situation that is enticing to me. Yeah. And think of the hookers working Sunday at 10 a.m. It's it's not prime time, that's for sure. It's it's like the sea level strip club broads. All the good hookers are at church, obvs. <laughs> yeah, of course, yes. <laughs> if they're atoning for uh, for the previous night. That's right. Yeah. Uh, okay, we also have a voicemail. Let's do that. This is from DT in Houston. Let's Houston. let's see if D, let's see if DT has the DTs. What's up, Ed and Brian? This is DT in Houston. Just finished the last episode. Awesome dong talk as usual. You are the dong show of record. I will have to say that Fancy Pop was a little disappointing. I'm not exactly sure why Fancy wasn't in Fancy Pop. Uh, you and Ed, Brian, just talking back and forth randomly about issues that no one knew what you were talking about. Uh, it was kind of odd. Uh, so, Brian, I know you're a technological genius when it comes to these things, but can you please fix the fucking microphone? Oh my god! Okay, DT, that's fucked up. Yes, fix it. One already. We've done. I couldn't hear that. Can you give the synopsis of what DT said? DT DT was annoyed that in last week's episode, and Eli, I'm not. I'm not. A, you, you're a musician. You're a guy. You work with equipment. You know how to record sound. I'm. I'm, I'm just a fucking guy trying to be funny on the internet. I don't. I'm doing the best I can. I have equipment here. And once in a while, there's a technical snafu. And even the fucking best in the business occasionally have issues. We've done 114 episodes, of which I'd say about like 85 have sounded really good. And how, ma- how many of those has DT paid for? That's zero. right, zero. That's right, zero. So yes. Shut your yab, DT. Last, so DT's annoyed that last week... Fancy was a little difficult to hear. She was a little like apparently out he of couldn't range. hear me at all. He did, like I mean, at all. I listened. I edited the show. You could hear you enough. Like that you could had have to been listen. Some of my best 
comedic work. You were good. So you can hear her this week, DT. I'll I'll do the best I can. Have you considered throwing a compressor on that shit? Because maybe a little compression could uh, boost any. Eli, any yes. suggestions? No one here knows what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> I compress the fuck out of it. I compress. I depress. I impress. All it's, the pressing. It's the the issue is with the I bench actual press. recording. Yeah, it's not I in see. the post. Right. I see. Yeah, I edit. Um, and again, I couldn't I couldn't hear DT's voice very well, but I would ask. Is it possible that was Donald Trump? <laughs> it might have been DT Donald Trump. Don- Donald Trump in Houston, yeah. maybe. Uh, okay, He's trying to get a few votes down there. Ed, yeah. Ed, we do a lot of sports topics on this show. What is yeah, going on in the world one. of sports? I, I know, Eli, you're a Los Angeles resident. You live right. in LA like we do. So you had to have been hearing about this. D'Angelo Russell of the Lakers, he's gotten into some trouble. Ed, what is going on with that? Lakers rookie point guard D'Angelo Russell, according to uh, team sources, the video surfaced this past week that shows the point guard uh, recording a private conversation between himself and teammate Nick Young. And Nick Young does not appear to realize he's being taped. The video uh, uh, talks about Young having relationships outside of his relationship with his newly engaged uh, to be betrothed, Iggy Azalea. Uh, Iggy now, now, uh, guys, I I, I want to know what's worse. So now he's being frozen out by his teammates, but I want to know what's worse: uh, being ostracized by teammates for the rest of your career, or having to listen to Iggy Azalea rap for three minutes. I, I'll jump in here. Iggy Azalea. I don't really. I'm not. I wasn't really aware of her, and then I heard her. She raps. Like she's straight up like black from the south. Like she the has a deep southern draw, south. but she's yes. from my homeland, Australia. But she speaks with an Australian accent. Is that racist? Like she's basically doing blackface on the microphone. Okay, she was mentored well, by Ti. That's right. Correct. Yes. This yep. is this is a purposeful thing. Right, but is is it okay? Style choice eli braden but you well, are you are a the rolling stones the rolling stones copied the american accents american blues accents when they sang that's true led zeppelin again stole uh, all the all the lead belly and all the blues guys stuff like is it is it and just the way they even the way he's saying i mean that's not robert plant's natural voice right so that's him copying the blues singers yeah likes. good point so yeah i guess i guess that is okay next question is it okay to record your buddy talking about his pre- his predilections, what, peccadillos? Was he trying to get with Iggy Azalea, and so this was like a big trap? Like, what was the what was the purpose feel, of that I feel, recording? I feel like the end game would have to be that there was some sort of like these guys are pretty simple. They fight over a couple things: gambling debts gambling. and pussy. I would need to know exactly how it made its way onto the internet. Right. And that's, and that's, that's the piece of the puzzle that we don't really know. D'Angelo Russell, his whole thing is that, Hey, he's like, yeah, I recorded it. We fuck around. We make videos of each other. He's like, 
I don't know how it got on the internet. I didn't, I didn't do that. And a lot, a lot of people have speculated that when you're an athlete like that, you have, you have a bunch of phones and your boys have access to your phones. And maybe somebody was looking through his phone and, and saw something and texted it to somebody. And that's how it got out. Uh, who knows? He's, he's been very, very apologetic in the aftermath for sure. I'm guessing he wasn't in the audio visual club. So he, he it very well could, could have been a mistake. Uh, yeah, I, and supposedly, and I don't know this, but there's been a rumor floated that Nicki Minaj had something to do with this. Apparently, Nicki Minaj and Iggy Azalea are enemies, are frenemies. Yeah, yeah. they have some beef. For and sure. and so for some people have speculated that Nicki Minaj, she may have some sort of relationship with D'Angelo Russell and was able to get her hands on this tape. Or I, I'm not sure. It's confusing. It's a lot of a lot of ass implants involved in the story, though. No matter what, <laughs> you know. I wonder about that. There, these these broads have fake asses, right? Yeah, it's a yeah. thing. Yeah, it's so weird. Like, look I, at Kylie Jenner's ass, like two and a half years ago, and look at it now. And it's different. It's not She's just a, different. It is a completely different ass. So they cut open your ass, and they put like a big piece of plastic. I don't know what the rubber. I don't know what they use a- for the astic implant. Is the technical term astic. Right, astic. Yeah, they put they put astic <laughs> inside of your ass. Yeah, unbelievable. Now, do you guys think this would be more or less comfortable? Like on one hand, if they said they're putting in like an extra cushion, that could be good. Or is it like you're on too uneven a surface and you like teeter over? Like that's you're how, sitting that's, on a whoopee cushion. That's what I time. think. Like if you sit on like a hard bench, like a bus bench. Like if you're sitting on balloons. Yeah, well, yeah. I feel like it's a hard thing, and you would have to like fix your ass every time no, to sit the right be, way. It wouldn't be hard. It would be like like the same feeling, like um, silicone, but, like implants. But would it line up every time? Like the way you put your tailbone down every single time you sit know, on your should ass. Should I get some? And I can tell you guys. No, that's a great idea. You got all the ass. No. You got plenty. I, of ass. I gotta say though, you know, I, you know, maybe it's fake. I mean, obviously, in, in both of their cases, I think it's been pretty confirmed and documented that they're fake. The as far as I can tell, I think the fake looks. It's fool. It, it's it fools me. You know, I never know for sure from looks. Whereas with fake breasts, it's often very painfully obvious. So obvious. Yes. Yes. And I, yeah. I prefer the more natural breast look. Like if someone has smaller breasts, so be it. Oh. Whereas with the, the the ass, I mean, I love it, and it's like that looks great too. But like, it's harder to tell, even though it is blatantly like you can look at the, the before and after pictures. Like, oh, obviously that's an, an implant. It doesn't bother me because it's not as easy to tell. You know, Eli, uh, interesting e- point. Eli Braden, you are speaking my language. Yeah. Team natural titties all the yeah. way, big or small. I mean, preferably big. Prefer- but I assume neither of you were realized that um, that Tory Spelling was fake, right? No, no, that was that, a tough one to tell. That was probably you know the the the, the most realistic looking. The, the way she got I, Michelangelo to chisel them out of actual she marble. She really did. Get, well, end up with the worst refund one, gap that one, we've ever seen. One, here's the issue. Early 90s, they, they hadn't dialed in the technology at that point. No. And two, and this is broads. We got a lot of broads in the audience. Listen up. Your doctor is going to tell you to add a few extra cc's. Always 150% bigger than it needs this to be. This is a mistake. Especially if you're really skinny. Like Tori said, your skin cannot absorb that. You're going to end up with two hard lumps on your chest. You need to get a tasteful 
amount of titty. Don't go too big. Yeah. yeah. Titty, no one listens. The titty experts. No one listens. Uh, Ed Daly, speaking of racism. Well, well this, is, this is a more heartwarming story. Let's hear it. Well, after two German soccer players who happen to also be Sudanese refugees were the subject of racially motivated attacks on Easter Sunday, the organization for which they played decided to show some solidarity by digitally altering the team photos so that every player appears in blackface. Uh, the caption accompanying the photo was, this is simply sad. Violence against refugees is pathetic. Imad and Amar, you are one of us. Like any other member of the Deinzer SV, and we're happier with us. It ends with the hashtag, United We Stand. Guys, after this incident, can we officially declare race problems across the world officially over? It's pretty great. You, you need to see the picture. I'll post this on our Facebook page because it's, an, it's like a team photo. It's like your AYSO, your youth soccer or little league picture. Picture that with all the all the players lined up, except every single one of them to a man. And a lot of them are like blonde-haired, blue-eyed, Aryan, German types, except they're in blackface. It is so fucking ridiculous. It is, it's hard to comprehend. And this is one of those things where I'm always shocked like when someone does a, a crazy crime and they have an accomplice. Like how did two human brains get together? to do something so outrageous. And in this case, it's like 25 guys in the picture, plus the team, the everyone involved. They, they all got together and decided it would be a good idea to take a picture of an entire soccer team in blackface and put it out there for the world to see. So they actually did the blackface. It wasn't digitally altered. It, they actually took the photo. It, it was it was digitally altered, but I think they were all like on board with it. It was like a solidarity thing. Like, let's take this picture for to in solidarity with our two black teammates. Huh. Yeah, and that's weird it's, because because Germany has such a history of you know <laughs> racial tolerance and yeah, they're so out of character. Yeah, it's not. They're very they're very accepting people. That's true. Well, maybe maybe they they feel like they need to go over. They they need to do like a little extra because they kind of do. Well, they, yeah, yeah they, they do. That that's a good point. Maybe they should all wear daishiki, daishikis to the next game. Right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. Real quick, while all our listeners might not be from Texas, a great many of them are. And you probably know that out of the state of Texas, they make a number of great spirits these days. Of course, I'm talking about Herman Marshall whiskey. We are talking liquor, guys. Ever since Tito brought his vodka to the U.S. market, it has caught on like wildfire. Well, we're here to tell you it looks like we might also have the Tito's of whiskey gaining some steam now too. Herman Marshall Whiskey from North Texas has taken advantage of the fact that the Texas climate is perfect for producing their brown spirits. Ed Daly may hate the heat, but your whiskey loves it. The 100 degree days that they have in Texas increase barrel pressure to push whiskey in, in and out of the charred wood barrels more often making your glass of Texas bourbon smoother and more flavorful. 
See for yourself and grab a bottle of their Texas bourbon, rye, single malt, or temptress. Next time you're at a local bar, restaurant, or spirits retailer, Herman Marshall, smooth Texas whiskey. All right, we, we're talking hey, about. Wait a minute, is that a commercial? <laughs> yeah, it's well, a commercial. You know, since that's real, uh, real Texas uh, whiskey. Um, we're going to play a game of real or fake. I'm going to give you five celebrity riders. You're going to tell me which one is fake. Oh, this is good. Eli Braden, you're basically a celebrity. You're going to, you, you know, the world of riders. You've been a rock star. You know, all this stuff. So you're, I've you're, done it all. yeah, I've done I, it. I'm going to, I'm going to lean towards you in making my guesses for this game. Okay. Ed Daly, let's hear him. Nicki Minaj. Spicy fried chicken wings, two space heaters, candles that smell like baked goods, three different flavors of chewing gum, and a cheese platter. Wow. Real. Wow. Justin Bieber. Cracker Jack, gummy bears, and that nobody calls him Biebs. Interesting. Okay. LL Cool J. Two long stem roses and a bottle of baby oil in his dressing room. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. For his Cold, lips. Continue. Coldplay. Coldplay. Postcards to send home to their kids from each city. Oh, Yay. What a pussy. I, I, that's real. And finally, Eminem, a full koi pond. No, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> okay, these are their tour writers? Yes, one, one of these is fake. One, one of them is fake. All oh, the rest, one of them is fake. Oh. rest is real. Eli Braden, you as the guest, you are the first to guess here. Which of the tour writers do you believe to be fake? Um... I'm going to go with either Biebs or LL Cool J. Uh, I, I think Nikki, that's, I think she's the kind of person to like just make outrageous demands, like very random. Um, I think the Coldplay, that's the, the postcards, that sounds very much like something he would do. Yes. And by he, I mean Chris Martin. Right. Um, the LL Cool J, it's a little, it's, it seems a little on the money. You know, Two on the nose. Yeah. But then again, at the same time, that probably is true. He, lick, uh, he licks his lips a lot. He might have a dry skin issue. There's no chapstick on that tour rider? No, that's kind of shocking. Wait, you read the the entire riders? You just didn't pick a couple of things? Yeah. Yeah. I just I just Googled it for you. Okay. Okay. Yes. I'm I'm I think I'm gonna go with Biebs though, because I I don't think that he would put in Don't Call Me Biebs into his tour rider. Yeah, that that's yes, that is a little on the money there. Uh, okay. Kate McManus, we have Nicki Minaj, we have Bieber. LL Cool J, we have Coldplay. What am I missing one, Ed? Uh, Eminem. 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 The Eminem one is so stupid, but it's probably real. So I'm going to go with LL Cool J. LL Cool J, tulips and baby oil. So two we, lips and two roses. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> 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 two lips and two roses. <laughs> He doesn't want to get ashy. That I believe that is real. I'm going to go with Eminem. First of all, we know Ed Daly, who's made up the game, loves Eminem. He's he's <laughs> basically gay for Eminem. Let's not go that far. Two, as a promoter, I'm fucking reading the writer. I'm like, this cocksucker wants a fucking koi pond? Like, how am I going to even do that? That's not even possible. You cannot do that. There's no way. Eminem, plus... Eminem, he doesn't. I don't know. He just doesn't seem but like. Brian, isn't it a little suspicious that Ed, if if Ed were to cook up one that was fake, that he would put it last? Well, I mean, don't. Yes, it is absolutely. I'm not that devious. That, it's just whenever I think that's that is that would be an issue. But I'm still going with that. I just can't. I just cannot picture them like. And also, 
imagine the kind of koi pond that they would put up backstage. It would be like in trash bags, in like a kiddie pool with a couple sad half half dead koi. I'm not buying it. I say that the M and M story is the fake story. I want that one to be real nope. so bad. And daily, I gotta tell you, it is real because what? yes. He was in Ireland. <laughs> I mean, those poor fucking Irish people. Like, they're simple people. They they care about potatoes. Really hey, they really hey, are. easy. And, I'm and Irish. Koi pond. Hey, last. Where are we gonna get a koi pond by 10 p.m.? Where are you gonna get koi in Ireland? Oh, these poor sons of bitches. Yeah, they had to get a koi pond. There, Eli was right, and I I was just tweaking Bieber's real rider is instead of Cracker Jack gummy bears and nobody calls them beeps, it's Ritz Bits Swedish Fish and nobody makes eye contact. That's his oh, wow. That's, that's his real ride. I think I've heard about the eye contact thing. Beebs well, is rocking dreads, by the way, at the moment. Is that true? Just FYI. Is that true? Yeah. Coldplay. I sadly so follow him on Instagram. Sorry, How sad. Coldplay. I I could see that. I could see Coldplay like Sad. wanting to send their. I mean, we live in an age when you can just call people. Like you can you can be in contact. Yeah, but that's not a memento that you can. Name that tune, Ed. <laughs> Look at my koi pond. Yes, back. <laughs> <laughs> Ed loves him some Eminem. I was just playing that for my kids yesterday. My kids love Eminem too. It's do they? Yeah. What uh, Kate? What are my kids into? My kids like top forty, right? They like um, Taylor Swift. Um, well, the boy doesn't like anything. No, he likes Bad Brains and the Beastie Boys and like really? the, that, yeah, I like the shit I put that, on his um, iPod. He liked that Major Lazer. Oh yeah, he just well some of that shit creeps through. Song. Your daughter likes everything top 40. Yeah. Taylor it's unfortunate. Swift, we, Selena We're Gomez, coming up in a bad time. Gwen Stefani, yes. all of that hey, shit. That's the music of the day. You can't, yeah. you can't fault kids for liking yeah, the music. Yeah, exactly. It's true. It's true. And, and it's made for them. They should love it. And that uh, Max Martin, like, he can put a song together. Like, you can't really blame them. Like, Justin Bieber's songs are pretty good. You know, you can't really make fun of him for what he does because he's pretty good at also, it. Also, he can sing. Uh, he, he sings him pretty well. Yeah. No, Bieber. No, I'm with you, Kate. Bieber is an amazing singer. Like, as a, from a mu- he's, from a musical he's perspective, he's a talented yes. guy. The second I ever heard that first song he ever put out, like, in, originally, it was like he was such a douche and such a little, you uh-huh. know, teen moron. But it was like immediately, I was like, wow, this kid knows how to. This kid's got a voice, and yeah. more important, he knows how to use it. Most people do. Most people oversing. They really do. Even people, you know, people like. You know Mariah Carey and like Katy Perry, Christina Aguilera. These people with these amazing voices. They tend Christina to Aguilera. That's just he's, too much. He's understated in the way he sings, and like he's. I, I think he's an amazing singer. I really do. I agree with you. And he doesn't write those songs. You know, they yeah. have, he has top talent writing. Yeah, right. Max Martin. You, question: Do you really think Taylor Swift writes her songs? No, she she's a Max Martin disciple so that, as well. That you whole like I Max. write my songs thing is just. A PR. Well, she works on her songs. Right. Right? Eli Braden? I think, I think the early ones, she wrote more. I think in this new album, she's you know she's done more collaboration, and it's paid off because she's had major hits. I yeah. mean, I don't think she's, you know, her biggest hits have all been the songs that she's written with other people, you know? Right. Um, and is, isn't the move for a lot of them, like, uh, uh, I'm trying to think, but there have been cases where they say, all right, we'll choose your song as long as the artist gets co-writer 
status, right? Exactly. And that's been work. That's been the way it's been in music for 60, 70 years, you know, like all those old blues songs, like, they, you know, some Jewish guys like, listed as the right. co-writer, you know, yeah. it's like, no, no affront to Jewish people. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes. Right. Elvis never wrote a song. Like he was he just credited as writing many. Yes. That's right. Yeah. Uh, okay, guys. I want, I, I need everybody's opinion on this. A Hong Kong man has created a $50,000 life-size humanoid robot prototype in the image of Hollywood actress Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> I saw that. I saw that online. Speaking of natural titties. I mean, right? Some of the best right there. Just no really, scars on that joke. No, no. Those are real <laughs> and they're spectacular. Ricky Ma, a 42-year-old product and graphic designer who has been obsessed with robots since his childhood, which I would imagine is how a lot of serial killers' bios start, spent more than a year building a lifelike bot from scratch named Mark One. The robot responds to pre-programmed verbal commands that are spoken into a microphone, according to Reuters. The droid can also move its arms and legs and has facial expressions. When told, quote, Mark One, you are so beautiful, the humanoid replies, hee hee, thank you. <laughs> Guys, two questions. A, how long after determining the robot was functional did it take before Ricky had his cock inside of it? That was my question. And two, how much coke did the producers have to do before they greenlit small wonder? <laughs> Great questions. <laughs> I mean, the, we've established the 80s were just piles of clown powder. But even even by 80s standards, the small wonder was so bad. Like, who was, who was that how about, meant how about for? The casting, who, who, the casting people. Oh, the older brother, Jamie. Jamie, the dad? The dad was creepy as fuck. Was, uh, I don't remember small wonder. Well, you, you grew up in Australia. What uh, was that? Uh, uh, Eli Braden, in southern Illinois, did you get the television program Small Wonder? We got it. I mean, I'm not too familiar. I mean, my to me, the connection to the story is the fact that Ricky is that his name, Ricky Ma. Yeah, Ricky Ma. I believe Small Wonder is his nickname for his penis. Right. Too, that kind of- <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Yes. Uh, I, I right. like that it took him a year. Like, like it, he probably had buddies who were like, "Hey, that. Ricky, Rick, well, yeah, Ricky, what are you doing this weekend? I'm, uh, you know, tinkering in the garage." I'm, Working on something. What are, what are you doing? You working on the garage door? Um, I'm I'm uh, creating uh, Scarlett Johansson so I can have sex with her. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, he's not. I build- mean, basically, he's not building a new supercomputer. He's not doing anything helping to help the he's world. Like he's like built- all those sad guys that order those life size life like sex dolls oh, yes. on the internet. Yeah. Except he right. has the technological expertise to make a robot the, that he can have sex the with. The real doll. Yeah, the real doll. How? They're like they're like five thousand dollars. How scary is the real doll? The scariest ever. It is. It is an unfortunate right. item. I remember the real sex where I first saw the re- real sex. By the way, huge disappointment. God, the HBO. There was n- show? there was never any decent sex on real sex. It, it was, was always just weirdos. It was like nudist nudist colonies yes, where right. they're playing volleyball. No, Fat people, people with real dolls. It was unfortunate. Okay, we need to get into a couple life coaching questions before we get into Fancy Pop. Real quick, here's the first one. Brian, Ed, and Fancy. 
Eli, just just to bring you in, we, we do life coaching on this show. People reach out to us. They ask us questions. We try to help them with their situation in life. We have a couple of those. Brian, Ed, and Fancy, I have a close friend who's been exhibiting some strange behavior of late. Every time I see a post of his on Instagram, the content is terribly disturbing. It's pictures of his fucking food. It doesn't matter if he's at a ball game eating a dog or at a chef's table at Le Cirque. This fuck stick is out of control. Guys, I've known this guy since third grade. My question is this. How do I continue this friendship now that I know he is a monster? That is from Tim in Tampa. Kate McManus, you're someone that features food on their Instagram profile often. I mean, what do you think about not this? Not often. Occasionally? Easy killer. I would, Tim, maybe in one of the comments, next time you see a food post from your buddy, you can write, um, I support you in your decision to come out. Yes, of the closet. Yeah, I would just leave it. <laughs> Outstanding. Eli Braden, you're a massive, massive star on the internet. What, what are your thoughts on food posts on Instagram? Um, it's a weird phenomenon. It really is. I was kind of interested. He eats dogs at baseball games. Is that, is that you mean hot dogs? I think you made a hot dog. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. No, these games are in Korea. Yeah. Maybe they're in Vietnam. <laughs> um, I, I'm not into it, you know, but I'm also not into dog posts in general either. I mean, there's, there's way too many pictures of dogs on the uh, internet. Agreed. And, uh, agreed. There's... I actually have a song, a comedy song I perform sometimes called, um, Stop post. It, well, it actually doesn't have a title, but it's stop posting pictures of your stupid dog on Instagram. God, <laughs> God bless you. You're a fucking. And it doesn't get a great reaction. I gotta say, I think there's too many. There's a lot of people. Well, <laughs> like, like keep, fuck. keep playing it. You're that's, doing the Lord's. That's, yes, you are. That's because when there's one finger pointed at somebody else, there's four fingers pointed back at yourself. That's right. And those right. those people know. Those people know exactly right. what's going on. Uh, Ed Daly. One, and when there's one finger in the pink of the ScarJo robot, there's, there's, there's two in the, one in the stink. That's right. That's I just it, yeah. feel like a hetero man doesn't post <laughs> endless pictures to social media of food. I feel like that ScarJo robot has been getting six-packed oh. quite a bit. Oh, yeah. She's been I getting, bet there's there's a few new so orifices. She's like run out. She's been getting bowling balled, so and gross. hopefully there's a cleaning. There's a built-in cleaning system for no. South Korean jism. He didn't, f- he didn't work on it for two years, just one. So he's just got the basics. Don't right, fluids right. malfunction your robot? Could be. Good point. Your to paraphrase the opening scene of Reservoir Dogs, her current life is dick, 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 yes. dick, dick. <laughs> Excellent, uh, Ed Daly. You're a guy that has strong opinions on things. What, how, how can you help out Tim and Tampa here? There's three things nobody gives a shit about. Your dogs, your kids, and your meals. Because only all three of those things are only enjoyed by you and nobody else. Like a meal, posting a picture of food that you're not going to eat. Like, who gives a shit about that? There's no taste vision. Yeah, you're not eating it. So like that's, that should be for the person eating it. I don't, I'll be honest, I don't mind when I see somebody's food on the internet. Just, it's kind of like when I see somebody's hot girlfriend, like, I don't, I'm probably never going to be inside her, but I could imagine what it's like. If I see a good looking slice of pizza, I'm not going to taste that pizza, but I can picture it. It's kind of exciting for me. I'm not against it. Okay. Another exciting to stretch. Well, it's interesting. Here's another one. Hey guys, quick question. 
What is the appropriate waiting period before turning on the television after ejaculating? I would offer between 1 and 14 seconds is a reasonable amount of time. Hashtag team current episode. That is from Mike. I assume he means with someone else in the room. Right? Because yeah. I, I feel like it's a, you just have the TV on if you're just by yourself. Sure. Kate McManus, you're the only woman on the show. If you're a man, I mean, I assume you're sexually active. If your man is in bed with you, this is very personal. And he, but I will answer. And you guys, you guys finish your coitus. I assume at the end of it, he's made you feel spectacular. I feel cum like. juice is out of the dick and is all over. Place. Every <laughs> everybody's let out what they need to let Ew. out. Right. Everybody's just in their refractory period. And I'm assuming we're not just talking about the TV. We're talking about feeling, also like getting on your phone. Feeling good. And how soon before he is allowed this mystery just man? Just moving on to the next activity. Right. How soon before he is allowed to turn on that ball game? I mean, after speaking he's, from my most current experience. After he's balled that game. Like between 1 and 14 seconds, you're pretty on the money. <laughs> that's, right. that's, that's a good amount of time. <laughs> uh, I mean, it doesn't bother me. It might. It depends where you are in, in your uh, relationship or non-relationship with somebody that, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't care. Let it out. Uh, Eli Braden, your thoughts? Um, I, I think uh, I'm very much in favor of sexual intercourse. Oh, and, oh good um, for you. I'm also a big fan of television. Yes. Hero. So both. I say just let them both go at the same time. Never just keep having sex. Keep watching TV. Uh-huh, I like no this. need to ever stop either one. Just, you know, practice the arts, the art of uh, delayed gratification that Sting taught us. That's the right. Old, you know, uh, There's no off button for each. Tantra. There's no off button. Just keep them on. Keep them both on. Keep it going. Never stop. Maybe just sometimes pause to listen to this podcast and, <laughs> Other than that, just keep it keep it real, you know. Basically, is my advice. Great point. Great point, Ed Daly. Um, the one thing when we're talking about TV and sex, the worst part of any TV show beyond flashbacks, because flashbacks are always terrible, um, is the uh, afterglow scenes post sex. They just oh, hang yeah. out. They like have these conversations. Like time to move on. They always we- have. They always have the sheet pulled up just past their titty. In like seventies and eighties, they just they would just have the cigarette, but now they have these conversations, these these afterglow conversations. They're no good. Also, they put they put the male has always put his underwear on between the time that they had sex and yeah. between the time they start seems, talking. Seems like a and weird. And the woman move. Ha- always has her bra on. Or or they get up to walk across the room and they like take the sheet with them. I can yeah, understand I, that though because the way I look. Right. Well, <laughs> but I'm just angry. Like it's hard putting on sheets. Yes. And, and then they're to just rip a sheet off the bed. Unless you're a plan member, am I right? Right. Good point. <laughs> I have never in my time yes. being naked yes. had have pulled a sheet off a bed to wrap no, around myself. No. No one also, has. Also, the person no one has. only on TV. The person that you're has just seen you naked. Yeah, they just seen you naked. So what do you what what do you why are you covering up? I don't know. Never made sense. But they do it on TV. They wrap a sheet around themselves. Yeah. When they, I feel like we've talked when about they go this to have before. that that post coital piss. Okay, Kate McManus. PCP. I love the PCP. It is a big fan of PCP. PCP myself. Uh, PCP. PCP. Uh, Kate McManus. It is time. We need you. We we have you on the show. We are fucking 
hashtag hetero on the show. Me and Ed Daly, Eli Braden, we are men. We don't know what is going on in the world of pop culture. We don't know what is going on in the world of celebrity news. We bring you on the show to tell us that. Right. The segment is called Fancy Pop with our very own Fancy Sauce. Kate, and what I'm, is going on? I'm doing my pop? segment with no clothes on today. JK. That's true. Wow. All right, I've just got a couple of things I want to talk about. Firstly, this is my favorite story of the past week or two. William Shatner being sued for $170 million by a radio host who claims to be his long-lost son. Peter Sloan's filed some paperwork in Florida demanding that Shatner submit to a DNA test and cease claiming he isn't his father. So this guy, Peter Sloan, is 59, claims his birth mother hooked up with Shatner in Toronto, and she gave him up for adoption when he was five days old. So um, it's a great story. He also started, he's a radio host. He started using Shatner as his last name, Peter Shatner. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's it's a really sad situation. I understand financially. It is sad. Sometimes people are put in a bind, but like to fight hard to say Bill Shatner is your dad is a real drag. <laughs> yeah. Like like fighting to get that honor? Like, I don't know. Does anyone like Bill Shatner? No. I, no one that's worked with him, that's for sure. <laughs> no. All you know who probably likes him is the guy his is his toupee mechanic. Because that he's, thing he's is, been working overdrive. That thing is tightened up. I didn't realize this. William Shatner is eighty five years old. How fucking old is this guy? Is he, I thought he was eighty. Is he eighty five? William Shatner, eighty five. I could be wrong, but I think I'm right. Anyway, I don't understand. How do you sue someone, and you can't force someone to take a DNA test? Uh, I mean, a court can. I guess. Anyway, maybe, maybe just like. You know, you're riding your bike near his house and you like have the Q-tip and you just jab it in his mouth as he's walking by. Yeah. I like how the I mean, that he, happens. He, he sneaks up and he takes one of Shatner's hairs, fucks it out of his head. To the well, DNA you can test go through someone's <laughs> trash. And it turns well, out his dad's a horse. <laughs> According to this, you finished second in the Belmont Stakes in 1987. <laughs> uh, yeah, Bill Shatner. How fucking old is this guy? March 22nd, 1931. 85. Aged 85 wow. years old. The guy looks fucking great. Yeah, he does. I mean, does he? Unbelievable. For 85? Four. He should be dead. Cool. He should have been well, dead five years he ago. He has that plastic surgery face. I don't know. The guy looks pretty healthy to me. All uh, right, well, moving on. Uh, hopefully, we are able to determine. Also, I love here. the people that launch these huge, like $170 million. It seems like a lot. That's a lot of money. It seems like Bill might settle for like 50 grand. Right. Okay, Kate, what else is going on in the world of pop culture? All right. Apparently, the Hollywood Historic Trust is considering removing Donald Trump's star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. I didn't know he had a star because so many tourists keep defacing it. There have been reports of vandalism, people pissing on it, dogs pissing on it, even humans taking a shit on it. Wow. Um, (laughs) Someone sprayed sprayed a swastika on it. I mean... (laughs) It goes on and on and on, which is pretty great. They keep cleaning it up and it keeps getting defiled. It's one of those things where it's, I mean, I don't care if anybody takes a leak on Donald Trump's star, but at this point, and guys, maybe you guys can chime in on this. Who is, why is anyone taking Donald Trump seriously? 
Like, this guy is clearly a joke. Like, no, he's he's just clowning for cameras, and yet people act like he's a real human being that needs to be understood. Well, he, the best, he does need the to be understood because he has huge is, popularity. Does he? <laughs> the best part of this whole political season is uh-huh. everybody devouring news mm-hmm. and screaming as if everyone hasn't already made up their minds. Yeah, there's like that's true. There's about seven. There's about seven people who haven't decided. Yeah, there's not many people like on the fence. Like I might no. vote for Trump, but I'm not sure. No, yeah, like I'm either a Sanders or Trump guy. Like that, that doesn't exist. So that's the true. people who are arguing are just arguing to hear themselves heard. Everyone yeah. has made up their mind. Yeah, agreed. It's. I think we can all agree. I think everyone knows that Ted Cruz is the creepiest motherfucker ever to walk the planet. Like, you know we are in a fucked up time as a society where this guy is allowed to be on TV every day. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Okay, Kate, what else is going on in the world of pop culture? That's pretty much it. Although I was just kind of scrolling before we started the podcast. Yes, I love it when you scroll. And I saw this picture of David Spade. Seen leaving dinner the other night, Friday night, with um, another hot supermodel, Charlotte McKinney. What? David I, Spade dating a, a model? Come I'm, on. I'm a fan. What are the of, odds? I'm a fan of David Spade, and he's a nice guy. He actually used to bang my roommate. I, oh. I used to have to listen to them Inside. having sex, like and, through, wow. through the wall. Wow! And I, I assume he was packing because he's he's got he, quite the track yes, record. Yes, he's. How I, soon did he turn on the TV after they had sex? And worth, <laughs> second question. <laughs> he puts on "Just Shoot Me" right after. No, but I'd hear the I'd hear the front door close shortly after. Shut Just kidding. Up. Um, now that went on. Did roommate ever yell out "Just Shoot Coming Me"? He's a he's a nice guy <laughs> and funny, but um, she was really offended because one Christmas. He gave her a gift certificate um, to Victoria's Secret for five hundred dollars, and she was like, seems, "I'm so offended. Like I feel like gift. his assistant just bought this." And I was like, "Well, well yeah. yeah, you dumb dumb." Duh. <laughs> anyway, but Dave, seems pretty generous. You're saying me. David Spade really like was making her feel good, or do you think that she maybe was putting on that she was doing her own uh, Joe Dirt audition? Yeah, possibly. Like, uh, I this, might get some of this Hollywood money. This possibly. guy closes a more, lot more of than, ass. More this than David Spade's in his 50s, and this Charlotte McKinney's probably 25. Yeah, she looks like she should be out with Leo. Yeah. Not he's, Spade. But. He's been printing money for about 25 years. He's now. stacked a lot of chips, and he deserves it. His fucking first HBO special, might be his only HBO special, is the so greatest. fucking funny. Like, David Spade is underrated. He's done like a lot of sitcoms and stuff. But when you, you you listen to him do stand up or uh, as a guest on a talk show, the guy is fucking. He hilarious. was on Marin recently. He gave yes. a good interview. He, he's he's really good. Great on Stern. So he's he he deserves all the pussy he gets. Please, right, nobody it. nobody actually listened to Marin though. I mean, that's I wouldn't want to wish that on anyone. Have to listen to Mark. <laughs> <Marin>. <laughs> did did, <laughs> did they did they end up quashing their beef at the end? Eli, do you know? Hey, you know, oh my God, Marin. <laughs> did, did they? Did they? Did they have some issues did, back at Luna did Lounge Mark in the late eighties? About himself? <laughs> did he make the interview about himself halfway through? I would. I, I would know. listen to Marin over Chris Hardwick, though. Any yeah. day. I, um, any I listen, fucking. I listen day. to Marin, but he is he. I could see why people wouldn't. 
He's very much into himself. I, I understand you're not Jewish, but imagine if you were Jewish and your family hated each other. What would that be? Like? <laughs> I don't blame his parents for hating him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm on his dad's side of this one. Oh, outstanding. Exactly. All right. Eli Braden, we are so stoked you joined yeah. us today. Give us Thanks, buddy. Tell our listeners where they can find you. Tell us, tell them what you are up to because people are going to want to seek you out after this appearance. Well, I'm on Twitter, at Eli Braden. I know the Twitter is kind of over. Um, I'm on Instagram, at Eli Braden. <laughs> what a surprise. Um, the, the most recent thing I worked on, I don't even know when it's coming out, but I worked on, I wrote a doc, um, a doc, a mockumentary for this rap group called called Ray Schremmer. And it's a, uh, it, it was, it's kind of a weird thing. Interscope Records put it together. It's like a, uh, Rich Rembert is a no flex zone, right? The, that's them. That's them. Yeah, yeah I was in Miami all last week, um, shooting this thing. It was great. It's really funny. That song's a jam. It now. Um, I don't know when it's coming out, but uh, just look out for something called Shrem Break. Oh, that's and, a- and Eli. What? Awesome. Today, I think today you posted something on uh, the. the uh, Guns N' Roses concert, which was amazing. Oh, right. We forgot uh, to talk about that. Super funny. I, I, wrote a fake, I wrote a fake review of the Guns N' Roses. It's really music. great. My, fa- my favorite was uh, discussing whether or not Axel would be wearing a bandana. <laughs> I, I wrote a uh, – about a year ago, I wrote a fake review of the Rolling Stones, a Rolling Stones concert that's actually far funnier, in my opinion. They're on my Tumblr page, which I barely ever post on, but elibraden.tumblr.com, I guess. But um, somebody somebody wrote to me. They're like, "I want you to write a fake review of the Guns N' Roses concert." And I was like, "You know what? That sounds like fun." So I did. Yeah. It is it very awesome. funny, guys. Check it out. Check out Eli's Twitter at Eli Braid and get all the information on what he's up to there. And when when your mockumentary comes out, Eli, come back on the show and we'll promote it here. Yeah, that sounds great. Someone someone just messaged me, Eli, saying they prefer your. Um, he, they said I prefer Eli to Little Mikey from my Robin songs. Oh. oh. Wow. Wow. Very, that's that Fire. is that is somebody who it curates and, their Howard Stern content, mm-hmm. obviously, and definitely better than Psych. Fuck Psych. Oh yeah, fuck Psych. Little Mikey. Little Mikey seems like a good dude. Psych seems like an asshole. Yeah, Psych's a dick. All right, thank you very much for joining us, Eli. Ed Daly, fantastic job as always. Kate good McManus. Job, yes, that that's me. Great content out of you yeah. as always. Uh, so for special guest Eli Braden. For Ed Daly and for Kate McManus, I'm Brian Beckner. This has been episode 114 of the Baller Lifestyle Podcast. We will see you next week. Bye.